We are live. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Restoring Human podcast, where we have a very contextual (laughs) conversation topic for today. Uh, The Restoring Human podcast, where we believe humans were designed to flourish. Uh, Unfortunately, we live in a culture where many of our modern conveniences prevent us from thriving, but... Through intentional lifestyle decisions, we can return to an optimal state of health. I am Jarek Bakken. And I'm Dr. Alex Aguello. And actually, I already titled this video what the what we're talking about. So, it is cold and flu season. It kind of seems silly that we actually call like this is like this is cold season. I don't know. Anyway, it is cold, but <laughs> this is a time of year where these uh, health issues tend to come up a lot more often. Yes, it is. And uh, come up right now with myself. And I um, think I'm coming out of it right now. Yeah. But yesterday was miserable. Cold kicked my butt. If you, uh, can't, if you can't tell, it sounds like Alex has his nose plugged like this. Yeah. I had to cancel my patients yesterday. Oh, really? Just the second time. Shoot. In seven years that I've had to do that. Really? Yeah, I probably could have did it, but it would have been bad. I would have struggled and, you know, why adjust a bunch of people when I'm not feeling well? Uh, They're not getting my best. Absolutely. So right there, that's something I wasn't even anticipating talking about, but one of the, like, one of the downfalls besides just our health is you're like you were sick and you couldn't do business couldn't do business my wife had a bunch of other stuff added to her plate at home right um yeah it makes me uh <laughs> i was mad sure i was mad at myself because i know i did a lot of stuff to lead to it so mm. i'm hoping that those things can be remembered the next time i want to do those type of things so so uh like what (laughs) we're just gonna jump right into (laughs) that i suppose you Um, you brought it up well so i've been sick when i say sick i mean like you know whatever sinus issues headache throwing up or something like that i've been sick twice in the past month in both times um the first time it was immediately the next day um, this time it was a few days after, but it's after I've had some sort of alcohol, like a beer, and I've eaten some sort of pizza. Together. Together. Ooh. That must be a deadly combination for me. Ooh. Um, okay. This time I added a few donuts in that mix <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> my kids were off Friday, um, well, Thursday and Friday. So, and we had their conferences mm-hmm. Friday morning yeah. and they're doing well in school. Um, I had a, um, an assessment for our church to become an elder on Thursday mm-hmm. night. So, and, uh, we felt like that went pretty well. So there's a couple of different things that we wanted to celebrate. So we went out Friday and, um, actually I don't even think I had a donut. I had some sort of a breakfast pastry, um, and then, yeah, then there was a celebration Sunday night where I had a bigger beer than I usually would uh-huh. and then some more pizza than I usually would. <laughs> you know, I noticed some stuffiness on Monday 
I didn't really think much about it. Um, so just continued doing what I typically do. Yeah. And then Tuesday um, night started to feel a little bit more. But Wednesday is really when it's you know more of a headache, sinus headache. Just kind of felt like my head was 10 pounds heavier than it usually is. Uh-huh. And then uh, so that's when I started to do some things to try to combat it. Sure. But then Thursday I woke up and it was just, it was really bad. So sure. slow, gradual onset of it. Yesterday being the run of it. Today coming out of it was still pretty nasally and mm-hmm. stuffed up. So I think it's, if folks are, you know, if this is not their first show, they'll hear the things you just said and quickly be able to recognize, okay, like taking in things that are not beneficial, like the alcohol and the pizza and stuff, and then when that stuff is present, that means you're not eating something that might actually be beneficial, like in those meals. So there's like that like deficiency and toxicity stuff right there. Yeah. Um what about is there is there something unique that it was, you know, the start of November and it's been, you know, it was what, nineteen degrees when I woke up this morning. Is there is there something unique about this time of year that like makes that the perfect storm? Yeah. Um well I think just with the so again back to the whole stress thing. Our immune system is going to suppress oh, right. when we're under I, stress. Yeah, I didn't even mention that. So you had Thursday night, you had a very highly stressful yeah. situation going on. Yeah. So, but any sort of stressor is what I was referring to there. So if it's you know bad food, that's a stressor, the chemical stressor. If it is something like that, emotional, mental stressor, mm-hmm. um, or if it's a physical stressor. So I would say the cold weather is, a, is somewhat of a physical stressor to our bodies. Sure. You know, our bodies can adapt to it, especially if we've lived here for a while. Um, we should be able to, to function fine there, but, um, it's still a stressor that if we're not doing all the other things mm-hmm. to eliminate those stressors, then it's going to keep our bodies in a, in a state of stress, which is going to keep our bodies with a suppressed immune system. Mm-hmm. We're always exposed to different pathogens, you know, different viruses and bacteria and funguses and parasites and all these different things. But our immune system hopefully is, is defeating those things. But anything that allows our immune system to suppress, now those that's when those things can kind of attack us. Sure. And uh, what I'm experiencing is what most people know as sick, but it's still my immune system working. Um, my immune system just had to do some extra things to, to try to eliminate this particular, I'm assuming, a virus that I, that I had, which is what a cold is. It's just a, um, it's any number of, I think it's like 200 different viruses that can affect you that would cause cold-like symptoms sure okay so let's 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 go there to the root of it what like what is a cold what is a flu so is it is it safe to bundle those things together uh well they're both viruses they both come from viruses flu is an actual the influenza virus okay um probably the the biggest differences in a cold and a flu so that's really important to to address actually is to know if it's something that is a little bit more serious as a flu um, as opposed to just a common cold. Um, I think it's like 50, 60% of the, of the, when you have a common cold, it's something called the rhinovirus, which is everybody's been exposed to that. We're exposed to it multiple times a year. Again, something 
might happen like has happened to me a couple times a year where you're actually expressing symptoms, mm-hmm. but you're exposed to those things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like a cold, the basic cold will come on gradually, like I explained with mine. Yep. If it's a flu, it's something that's going to happen right away. You're going to experience More symptoms. Cute. Right after you're exposed to it, you're going to be pretty miserable the next day. Uh-huh. Um, tiredness, fatigue, um, muscle achy. Those will be more severe if it's an actually a flu. If it's just a cold, you might not even have that stuff, um, or it'll be very, very mild. Um, with the flu, you'll have a fever that gets up to 102, 103, 104. Mm-hmm. A cold, most likely they're not going to have that. You might have a, s- a slight fever. might just be 100, 101, but it's not something that's going to get um, significantly high. Um, flus can also get into the, the chest cavity. Um, into your upper respiratory system where colds are more like sinuses, your head, maybe even ears. Um, so it's not going to go lower into the respiratory tract. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just some kind of differences in the cold and flu. But there's still viruses. Yeah. yeah. Um, which a virus is an interesting pathogen. Um, so unlike a bacteria or parasite or um, fungus, anything like that, those are actually living organisms that can just get inside you and then multiply themselves where a virus is not that it actually has to get inside of our cells inside of our DNA and use us to replicate. Um, which is why it's been so difficult for medicine to actually come up with something to kill a virus. Right. Um, you know, we hear all the time about antibiotics. Um, there are some antiviral medications, but they're just not as powerful as Mm -hmm. antibiotics and they haven't really been as successful. So, um, when you have a virus, that's the time you mostly hear, just go home and let your body heal from, yeah. the, from the doctor. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question there. No, no for sure. And and uh, my head's really spinning right now. Um, so, be, because it's a virus, both both colds and flus. What then can we do to heal from that? Um, so when you actually have one or sure. Yes. So this, yeah, that we'll touch that first. Yeah. So because there's again, developing something like an antiviral medication, those just aren't very successful. What that means is your immune system actually is the one that has to do the work. Mm -hmm. So the best thing that we can do is making sure that our immune system has the energy that it needs to be able to then find this virus and fight it off. So that's why the first thing, first thing that I did is I decided, okay, I'm not eating anything because like we talked about a couple episodes ago, Mm -hmm. I think once you eat now, your body needs energy to digest the food that you're eating Yeah. and there might even be toxins in that food. So now the immune system has to react to that. So you're taking away energy that the immune system needs and you're, you're maybe even occupying the immune system with what you're eating. So then just, if you are going to eat, if you get really hungry, then eating something that's going to be very nourishing mm-hmm. to your body, maybe even immune system boosting, um, but just staying hydrated and not eating is, is the best thing that you could do. That's what's going to at least allow your immune system to work. Give it the most capacity. Yep. Um, and then your body has to just be really good at detoxifying because the immune system is finding all these things and eliminating them. You have to be um, finding them and, and killing them. You want to be eliminating, you know, a lot of the... Um, byproducts of that whole process that's what so a lot of the inflammation that happens in the sinuses and all those things 
your body really wants to be getting rid of all that stuff after your immune system has found um, whatever it is, the virus, bacteria. Um, so making sure you're staying hydrated, um, especially if you have a fever, if it is a flu. Um, right, you're going to be you sweating. Yeah, you're going to, you, you have definitely want to be sweating um, with those things. And yeah, you, because you're sweating a lot, you're going to be losing a lot of water. Mm -hmm. um, but we also just need to be well hydrated if our bodies are going to detox. So those are the kind of the two primary things I would say is staying away from for sure heavy meals so that you're not taxing your digestive system and staying well hydrated so that your immune system can actually do the work that yeah. it's needed to do. Yeah. So I think <coughs> there's definitely people that are going to hear that and be thrown off because I know like it's it's common to think like okay I've got the flu I need to like I'm feeling weak and lethargic and it, it's I think it's I think it's super common for people to think like okay I need to eat whatever I can like keep down to like get my energy back up I yeah. think that's a, a you know a fairly logical train of thought for a lot of people right but again, I mean, you, I guess why that's backwards thinking is because when you eat something in order to get the energy from that, you have to digest it. You have mm -hmm. to assimilate it. You have to absorb those nutrients. Um, so if your body needs energy to go and kill whatever is inf has infected you, you are not going to digest that very well. Mm -hmm. And the, the, what you are, I guess the capacity that you do have to digest what you've done now, just pulled it, pulled the energy that needs away mm -hmm. from from actually killing that thing so your body is full of nutrients you know we have fat in us we have um we can make glucose which is you know we get energy from fat and glucose um and we have protein and if we even need it we can break down protein to make glucose so we don't necessarily need to yeah. be taking in more food for energy purposes like a macronutrient um micronutrients yes because those are important for our immune system to work. But we don't necessarily need food um, to be able to do that. Now, if you're like I was and you want to try to push through, um, you know, and go to work and whatever you need to do, then I would understand maybe thinking that you would need food to, to just function throughout the day. But then I would question, well, why do you actually need to function throughout the day? <laughs> you know, if you're not feeling well, then you need to rest. Sure. You know, if sure. Your body's going to get yeah. better. There you go. Um, otherwise, you're just going to continue this process. And now uh, something that your body could defeat in one or two days, three days at the most, now you're fighting this thing for 10 days, two weeks, which is what uh, I see a lot. Sure. Yeah. So, the pra yeah, the practical piece there is rather than eating for energy, you, like it's – that is actually going to be working against you. And if you can, you know, if you can, I think people's, like when you've got the flu, your body's telling you, I really don't want anything. Like you don't feel right. hunger. And we, yeah, it, it's like, listen, listen to what your body is saying. That's probably going to put you in the best environment to heal. Yeah, you're not going to feel hungry, and then even if you do, you might throw it up. So your body's right. telling you. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Not putting anything in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so again, those are the first two things I would say. But then you actually do get into some um, things you can be ingesting um, to make sure or exposing yourself to to just help your body um, be able to fight a virus. 
um, even though medications aren't necessarily super successful at um, being antiviral, there are a lot of nutrients that are that are very antiviral. Mm-hmm. Um, vitamin C is probably the one that most people know. Mm-hmm. It's the most well known. Um, so I have been doing some vitamin C. Vitamin C just for like a maintenance taking in about a thousand milligrams of vitamin C every day is a good thing, which is actually pretty tough um, to get in your food. Everybody thinks vitamin C comes from oranges and orange juice. Mm-hmm. Um, orange juice is, is highly pasteurized, uh-huh. so it destroys any sort of nutrient content that's going to be in there. So even my, it might say there's high levels of vitamin C in this uh, on the carton. Um, that doesn't mean that your body's getting that vitamin C at all. So when people drink orange juice when they're sick is pretty much they're drinking sugar water, right. which is just going to make them worse. And any sort of benefit they get from it is that's what we call the placebo effect. Sure. Um, but peppers, um, specifically orange and yellow peppers. Like bell peppers? Bell peppers. Huh. Um, they have about, f- I think it's like 300 times as much vitamin C as an orange would. <laughs> so There we go. Doing peppers. Um if you're going to do it through food, but otherwise, you know, vitamin C supplements are pretty easy to get. Yeah. But when you're actually fighting something, you can do, um, a thousand milligrams, four five, six times a day. Um, you're never going to get too much. If you get too much, you'll just start having diarrhea. Your body gets rid of it <laughs> that way. So that's when you know you put too much in your body. Um, but yeah, the kind of spreading it out like that instead of trying to drink 6,000, um, milligrams of vitamin C. Sure. Right away. Um, plus that helps you if you're using a powder, which is what I like to use. That's helping you hydrate. So just drinking vitamin C throughout the day. Um, I like to do a greens powder too, Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of alkalize your body, fill your body with any sort of, um, phytonutrients that it might need. Um, and then garlic is a huge one. Garlic and onions really. Um, so if you can eat raw garlic, that's the most powerful. Um, something I just learned, um, recently is when you, if you are going to do that, to chop garlic up and Mm -hmm. let it sit out for a little bit before you actually take it or before you, um, heat it up or before you, um, put like lemon juice on it or something like that. Um, it has more of an effect. Um, so there's an active ingredient in it called allicillin that is very antiviral and very antimicrobial. Um, it's also in onions. Um, and when you like break it that's like Like, it's exposed yep yeah um so yeah garlic just finding ways to get garlic in your diet there do have garlic supplements you know garlic drops or garlic um, pills that you can actually take but of course getting them from food is going to be um yeah the best way to do it um then there's herbs and stuff like echinacea is another one people probably heard of Mm -hmm. um that's one that's actually been studied um so there's lots of research on echinacea and being able to basically what they do is take a group of people that have a cold and they give them echinacea and compare it to a group that didn't take echinacea and who got rid of their cold faster. Sure. And people that take echinacea, their cold gets, they don't have it as long. Um, so which is again, the supplement or you can drink echinacea tea. Um, a lot of the stuff that's good, you can drink in teas. Um, so not only is it kind of a soothing effect on your throat right. or your sore throat with the tea, but you can do ginger tea, which is something else that I've done um, in the last couple of days, or echinacea tea. Um, all both of those are are really powerful. Um, oil of oregano, 
is a really mm. powerful one. That's one of the most um, potent um, essential oils. Yeah, that stuff's crazy. Um, so you can, if you can taste, if you can stand the taste, you can put that in some water and drink that. Um, otherwise, you can just diffuse it. So diffu aromatherapy is another thing that I've been doing. I've been doing eucalyptus, which just has a um, powerful effect on the upper respiratory tract, kind of opening up sinuses. I've been putting peppermint oil on my um, head for kind of the soothing of the muscles for the headaches. Um, but so how I don't eat, I did try eating uh, just a raw clove of garlic. Chewing it? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that was intense. It's, yeah, I mean, it's but doable. What I've what I've done um, yesterday and then today again is I've done some bone broth which bone broth has a lot of stuff in it that's really good when you have a cold, which is what people used to, you know, eat chicken noodle soup when they're sick. Um, I would leave the noodles out, and the chicken <laughs> probably isn't necessary <laughs> either, but it's what's in the actual broth yeah. is helpful for people. Um, there's just lots of um, – there's bone marrow in the broth, especially if it's been um, cooked with good bones. That's good for your immune system. And then there's some amino acids that are there that just help to rebuild the tissue, um, bring down inflammation – so what I've done is kind of infused the bone broth with raw garlic and yeah. um, raw onions. So just getting all that allicillin and, and then the good stuff that's in the bone broth and just sipping it like a tea. So did did you did you make the broth to begin with? Yeah, my wife made the broth. She was so already had it. She didn't necessarily make it specific for that. With the garlic and onion, you're saying like when you're actually so the broth is already that, made or a, so you're talking about after. Yeah, so okay. the broth is already made, which she has still had you know. Because um, you can, like, you could do that stuff in with the actual steeping process yep. of. Is yep. That, I that can be part of your bone broth. Is process. that what you would call that? Like, that's what you call when you, like, making coffee. It's a similar broth. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, when I heated the broth up, I added some garlic and I added some onions. Okay. Okay. And then I ate the garlic and onions after that, so it wasn't strictly raw. Right. Yep. Cool. Very cool. And then uh, vitamin D is the other one. Um, so getting out in the sun as much as you can to absorb the vitamin D. Um, but if you are sick, you want more of it. So that's when you want to supplement. Um, I, I've went back and forth with like super high levels of vitamin D. There's been some times where I've told people like if they're really sick, um, even like 50,000 IUs a day of vitamin D. Yeah, that's real high. Um, uh, it just depends. I mean, so many people are so deficient in vitamin D, like All it's right. not going to hurt them to, to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's tough without knowing what their levels are at. Um, sure. But taking extra vitamin D, you're going to be fine, um, especially because your body needs it right now. So vitamin D, what it does is activates um, some immune system cells that then go and try to find these viruses and kill them. So you, your immune system might want to go and kill these cells, but if they're not activated by, um, it's not vitamin D that activates them, but vitamin D does something with a protein that then activates these cells. If you're deficient in vitamin D, then your immune system might want to go and kill something, but it can't because it's not activated. So that's why high levels of vitamin D are important. So um, trying to boost those up when you are actually fighting something mm -hmm. is definitely sure. a, a good idea. Cool. So when... When people do have probably flus more specifically than colds, especially with kids, so you talked about the fever and having you know high temperature and stuff. So on one hand, we're saying like you, 
there's not much that you can take, especially any type of manufactured, you know, pharmaceutical or anything like that. But even as far as real food stuff, you know, there's this kind of handful of special tricks you've got up your sleeve. But other than that, one of the best things is to support your body by leaving, basically leaving yourself alone, getting in a low stress environment for your body to heal. Mm -hmm. With something like a fever, I know people have a lot of, you know, caution. Or actually, what did I see? Oh, even with something like a like strep throat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe we might be getting a, a little bit different stuff there. But like, are there any like extreme concerns? So, you know, if you're trying to like kind of leave something alone, let you know support the body to heal itself what is is there something that's too far yeah i think to to set up my answer would be to just understanding the body like most people see a symptom as something that's bad like the body is is, something's wrong with the body so then now for it's manifesting symptoms but most symptoms as i just hit on earlier are the body doing what it's supposed to be doing so, like, if we if the body doesn't want us to eat and we eat something and we throw it up, the body didn't want us to right. actually have that in our body. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have diarrhea, our body's still trying to eliminate something from our body. Um, so, a fever's the same way. A fever's not something that went wrong with the body, so now the temperature's out of control. The fever is something that the body is designed to do to try to kill off whatever is inside it that's infected it. Yeah. So, whether, again, if it's a bacteria or a virus... The body is going to, so immune system cells detect this bacteria and virus, and then they go try to find it. And they don't fully understand how this works, but something happens where that immune system cell communicates with our nervous system, specifically the hypothalamus in the brain. Hypothalamus is what controls our temperature regulation. So when it um, communicates with that, it says there's something infecting us, (coughs) the hypothalamus now raises your body temperature. So, it'll try 101, see if it kills something off. It'll try 102, it'll try 103, it'll try 104. So, again, it's not that if you check your kid's temperature and it's 101, and then you check it again and it's 102, and you're like, okay, things are getting worse, things are getting bad. No, that means things are getting better, actually. Your body is trying to fight this off, and it's doing what it's supposed to do. Now, if you checked your child's temperature and it was 100 um, degrees Fahrenheit, and then you checked it like 15 minutes later, and it's 107. Now that's a problem. Okay. Right now something went; it spiked really, really quickly. Now that's not necessarily the body doing what's right. Then now there is most likely something wrong with the body because that's too quick of a jump. Okay. The body didn't do what I was just talking about. It didn't go 101, then 102, 103. It went right up to 107. So most likely there's some sort of malfunction there. Um, the biggest concern that people have is seizures um, when the temperature gets really high. Um, the, they're not for sure what happens exactly with that. If it's the temperature getting really high, so then the body goes into a seizure, um, or if it's because there's a seizure coming on, so now the temperature went high. Um, so that that's not necessarily something that you want to immediately bring down the fever because you're afraid of a, a seizure happening mm-hmm. later on. Again, it's the just kind of watching it, making sure it's not spiking 
significantly high. But even if it's going high slowly and it gets up to like 106, 107, you know, that's that's a pretty big concern. So just watching that. Um, and then I would, again, start with something natural to try to bring that fever down, um, whether it's a cold bath. Um, there are some, again, herbs, nutrients that you can take that are um, sweat-inducing, mm-hmm. which would make the bring, bring the fever back down. You can do some movement, exercise-type stuff to bring um, to start sweating to bring the temperature down. Okay. Um, but it's not necessarily, it's it's very rare that a fever is going to be super dangerous, um, even for a child. Okay. Um, and again, I'm not a medical doctor. We're not telling you not to take your kid to the doctor when they have a fever or give them Tylenol or whatever. We're just saying the fever is not necessarily dangerous. Um, even when it gets up to those higher temperatures, it's more the how fast it, it spikes is the sign that there's a danger happening sure okay that's i'm sure some people will not like that (laughs) yeah so i would refer them to um (coughs) dr sherry tenpenny i referenced this in that one episode we said to read she did a whole it's just an ebook that you can get for free that talks about the importance of fever Mm -hmm. um another guy is dr robert mendelson wrote a book called how to raise a healthy child in spite of your doctor he was a a pediatrician longtime pediatrician um, he also talks about fever in that book. Um, so again, comforting your child, hydrating your child, um, but let, letting the body work, do what the body's supposed to do. Um, you know, we're, we don't even have to get into all the dangers of actually giving them Tylenol, but just even the fact that you're suppressing what the body wants to do is mm-hmm. to me dangerous enough. So, yeah. So man, what you just said there, like, comforting so when we're talking about kids comforting kids like i think that is one of the hardest parts as a parent seeing them in this state that is like painful for them you know and like feeling like you need to do something when like kind of what you had already said, sometimes the less we do, the more beneficial it's going to be. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard. I mean, again, I understand caring for your child and not wanting to see them suffer, but this is just, this is life. You know, this is kind of how this world is designed that we get back to the hormesis thing. We get exposed to something, our body works through it. And then after it's worked through it, it's become, it's stronger now. From, yes, a, an immune system standpoint, it might be able to recognize it quicker, faster, the next time you're exposed to that so you could defeat it sooner. But even just overall strength of the body, resilience of the body, um, if you let them get through these type of things, they're going to be much better off long term. Um, you know, there's some research that shows that kids that were never allowed to have fevers as they get older, they're more susceptible to immune system issues, even like cancer. Um they're more susceptible to getting long-term viral infections and uh, reoccurring viral infections, respiratory infections, pneumonia, upper UTIs, um, urinary tract infections, all these things they can trace it back to, well, was this kid actually allowed his immune system to build and get stronger Mm -hmm. um, over time? It's the same thing with the muscular system. You know, if you actually are doing some sort of movement, doing some sort of resistance, you're using your muscles as as you're growing up, um, you're going to be able to then be stronger and do more things when you're older. But if you didn't do any of that, and of course you're not going to be able to use those muscles 
um, very well when you get older. So that's just how the how the body works. So I try to tell myself, yes, I want to comfort my child, but I'm doing much better for their long-term health by letting them get through this and um, instead of trying to suppress it. You know, right sure. Away. Yeah, okay. So, oh, actually, there was one other thing that I wanted to ask. So, well, or just bring up. So last week, uh, not that it, it's extremely related, but I brought up, I think it was last week, the whole you had the cream cheese in your uh, fat, whatever you called it. <laughs> uh, Paste. Yeah, there you go. So when you when you are experiencing like a you know cold symptoms, so what what things specifically that you might normally eat are you really intentionally avoiding? Yeah. Um, if I so I occasionally eat some some grains. I eat some bread. Um, I do dairy, uh, specifically like a half and half or something in a coffee, or um, we'll do yogurt, um, cheese, things like that. Mm-hmm. So those are probably the two main things that I'm avoiding, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm really if I'm trying to fight something off, um, just because a lot of people all have sensitivities to both of those things, and they might be very low level sensitivities, but any any sensitivity is going to be enough to create inflammation. So like me, when I was really inflamed in my sinuses, I want to try to eliminate anything that brings on more inflammation. Um, so of course, sugars, the main thing that's going to bring on inflammation. Um, and then grains and, and dairy are the, the next two things that sure. I would say trying to eliminate. So even though they could be healthy, especially if it's a cultured dairy, if it's a sprouted bread, sourdough bread, something like that, I'm still eliminating that because the part that could be inflammatory. Right. That's just going to cause me problems. Right. So with my son, so we're kind of constantly like geared towards, you know, not introducing those potentially inflammatory things. And and even like the things that are going to promote like just like the mucus and stuff. And so I know bananas are another one of those things that just are, you know, prone to promote that mucus buildup. Yeah, and, and that might have something to do. I mean, again, people are just sensitive to to certain things. So, the, if you have a, if you've noticed that in the past that you have, you might feel a little different when you eat bananas. Um, then, yeah, that's something that I definitely would avoid. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it if it's going to bring on any sort of level of inflammation, any sort of stuffiness, um, that's like. So I said the beer and the pizza thing. Typically, what happens. In the past, when this type of stuff has happened, it's been ice cream for me. So I haven't had ice cream in a long time, um, like Whitey's type ice cream, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's something about just that dairy mixed with all that sugar that yeah. just inflames the mess out of me. Yeah. So it's a good thing to just be paying attention to. Like notice, even if your kids aren't necessarily fighting something right now or you're not fighting something right now, it's just noticing, okay, what did I feel different after I ate this particular food? If that's the case, then... You want 100% stay away from it. Yeah. Um, when you are fighting something or if, again, the season um, where, you know, there's going to be more susceptibility to those type of things, maybe minimizing that. Yeah, for sure. That would be a good idea. Cool. Okay. So I think we have hit kind of what this stuff is. It's hopefully laid some groundwork for 
kind of how to respond to things when they do come up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to interpret that a little bit and we can touch on like what can we be doing knowing that this dreadful time of year lasts far too long what can we be doing you know to try to prevent this stuff so what you said kind of at the beginning we're kind of entering this time of year where the like the the cold weather itself is this kind of added stress not only like it it like your body tells you when you're out in the cold that like hey i don't like this let's let's yep. do something to get to kind of a more you know 68 to 78 degrees type of thing um like that's a that's a stressful environment plus the limited sunlight you know we're not getting outside absorbing the sunlight plus like we talked about last week just the 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 darkness itself and what that kind of does to us mentally is i mean mm -hmm. the sunlight's involved in that as well so it's like those things paired with when we add in these other you know what we're eating and kind of notching on like adding adding these things up layering them on top of each other that's yep. when it's like these things that might be around all the time because we're in this environment that has these uh, just a few extra layers of stress, we're not as equipped to fight stuff off. Yep. So, knowing that during this time of year, we're going to have extra layers of that stress. And heck, even like holidays are super stressful. Yep. Like being with people's families, even if it's enjoyable, like there's a lot of travel involved and yep. there's travel, kids there's in the car is a nightmare sometimes. Exactly. Like these, there's just so many other opportunities for stress to be raised that when we can make choices to not add any more stress, like that's how we can deal with this. Yeah, I mean that's we didn't really hit on the stress thing, but there's that's a huge thing that plays into why this is cold and flu season because our immune systems are so suppressed. Yes, because of what we're eating and maybe we even take off exercise during this time of year. Ah. Um, there's those two things, of course, but this is also the end of the year, so people that have um, production type jobs they're having to work sure. extra hours. They might have to work another shift, so maybe affecting their sleep. Um, like you talked about, having to be with family, that even if you enjoy it, but <laughs> let's get real, most people don't enjoy it. Um, so that might be an added stress. Uh -huh. There's the financial stress of, now I have to go buy all these gifts and stuff for people. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that's, that's stressful. So trying to minimize that as much as you can, trying to have the right mindset about it. You know, because it's not necessarily the, the circumstance. It's how you're responding to that circumstance that really is what's going to cause physiology to, to go negative on you. Yep. Um, but then also having something that you're at least having parts of your day where you're in a state of, of peace. You know, again, whether that's prayer, whether that's just quiet time, um, that's reading, that's, you know, it's getting cold, but there is, it's not super cold where you can't get outside. Getting outside in nature 
there's something that we have to be doing on a daily basis to try to bring those stress levels down, get us out of that stress response. Otherwise, our immune system is going to be always suppressed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a question on here. Okay. Do you see it? Now you already said it. So I was going to say we could we could so we can either attack that right now or we could maybe tease next week with that question and maybe broadening out on that question. We can have a like a live conversation here if you'd like. <laughs> um yeah, let's do a show on it. Okay. Um I mean I'll hit on it briefly. Briefly. So like fl- flu shots kind of explain um, what we're trying to say about the immune system, right? So the whole, whole concept behind a flu shot is you give the person a little bit of the virus so that their immune system reacts. And then if they're exposed to that same virus, then their immune system will be able to fight it off sooner. So that's what we're saying the body should just work naturally like that. If your body is strong enough, remember we talked about those two different types of immune system, if that kind of innate immune system is strong because we're, you know, we're eating right, we're exercising, we have low stress, we're sleeping, we're avoiding toxicity, um, then now when we're exposed to the, the influenza virus, yes, we might have some symptoms, but our body can actually fight it off. And then now the second part of our immune system can find it and say, okay, I've got you. Next time you're exposed, you're going to be done right away. So that's kind of the natural way that it's been done. And that was the natural way that it was done up until about 2000, the year 2000, where the year 2000 is when they started to increase the amount of people that actually needed Mm -hmm. the flu shot Mm -hmm. um, to where now it's pretty much everybody, if you're alive, needs a flu shot. And maybe you can get an extra one (laughs) if you you want to. Um, But again, that's the concept, right? It's expose somebody to the virus so their body responds. So it's not necessarily the actual shot that's doing anything for you. It's the shot that's exposing you and then your immune system responds to that. So the same thing can happen naturally. Um, but if you have a weak immune system, mm-hmm. then now you might not have the capability of actually responding well. So that first instance that you get it, now you can have, now you can have a problem. But getting a shot isn't necessarily gonna be the answer to your weak immune system. It's actually doing all the things that we've talked about to strengthen your immune system yeah. That's going to be the actual answer to that. So that was a little bit of a tease. There we, we can go. We can go into yeah. Yeah. other issues with them. But so there you have your little bite for next week. We'll hit on flu shots and probably other, like just a whole, probably just a whole philosophy around immunization. Yeah, we can do Fair. that. Fair? Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. So as far as cold and flu stuff practical stuff for people walking into the next few months like if so for for us you mentioned like you can't remember the last time you've had ice cream or whatever uh like during the summer that's something we go do every once in a while but now that like we've kind of gotten into this season that's something that is like yeah we're probably not going to like do that type of thing like you know go as a family and go do that just because it's like that extra layer that we probably can't 
afford during this time of year. So I think any like any type of those like little celebrations where you might you know be a little more lax about certain decisions, this is probably the time of year where we should need to be a little tighter, you know, like if I don't know what a better way to put that is, but just a little less relaxed about some of those things and just a little more intentional about, you know, just your awareness of the added stress in other areas that, you know, you don't have throughout the summer months and stuff. Yeah. I mean, or go do it, but know that sure. most likely you're going to get sure. sick. That's, that's true. So, that's true. <laughs> you know, don't do it and then just try to live your normal life. Do it and say, okay, I'm most likely going to be, mm-hmm. my immune system is suppressed. Mm-hmm. That's been shown in research. Um, we didn't hit on that phagocytic index thing, but basically if you have sugar in high amounts, so if you just ingested a meal of sugar, um, if it's in your bloodstream, your, uh, your white blood cells' ability to fight off any sort of pathogen decreases by 75%, at least. It might be 99%. So basically your white blood cells shut off so they yeah. can't fight off anything if you have sugar in your body um, in high amounts, of course. Mm. So... If you go do that, your immune system is going to be suppressed. So then if you do get infected with stuff, which you always are, it's impossible to not be around germs. Um, now you should probably start thinking about, okay, maybe I should start eating more lightly. I should for sure be hydrating my body. I should for sure be prioritizing my sleep and sleeping well, um, fighting any sort of stressors that we, that we might have. Um, so being able on the back end, I guess, do what you, what you need to do. Avoiding it, of course, would be the best. But if you're going to do it, you know you got to be doing something different on the back end. You, so definitely on the back end, would you like? Even like, so you you can in, you can anticipate some of this stuff. So like, we're thinking about holiday parties or whatnot, where some stuff's just completely unavoidable like being really on your game yeah literally right up into it and like the very next meal the very next day whatever it is like right back on the horse type of thing yeah yep yeah and just you know i wouldn't say you have to do some big detox or something you don't have to like take something to detox your body but on the back end that's when you want to just make sure a lot of the energy is going to being able to fight off your stuff in the immune system so that's why you want to be eating lighter making sure you're hydrated all the thing that's going to allow your body to detox well mm-hmm. is what i would be doing yeah yeah <coughs> that door is wide open letting in cold air one thing we didn't hit on and um if any of my chiropractor friends are watching this, they're probably like, what the heck is he doing? Not talking <laughs> about chiropractic. Um, but, of course, I got adjusted. I had got adjusted this morning. I would like to have got adjusted a couple times. Um, it just wasn't able to happen. But people, all, when they ask me in my office, or like even when they have a cold or something, they call and they can't come in. We're always like, no, that's this is one of the best places you can be. Mm-hmm. They, of course, don't want to come in because they don't want to get us sick, is what they said, which that did happen this time. Apparently. <laughs> Um, but we're not concerned about that. Um, but an adjustment is the best thing because remember what happens when the reason you need adjustment is because something's wrong with your spine, which then means something's wrong with your nervous system. So your body is going to be in that stress response. 
So if you leave that there, then yes, you can do all this other stuff, but you're still going to be in that stress response. It means your immune system's still going to be suppressed. So if you can relieve that by getting adjusted, now that stress is no longer there. So it's not necessarily that your immune system um, gets boosted because you got adjusted. It's because it, all that stuff that was there that was keeping your immune system suppressed right. is not there anymore. So now your immune system can work to a higher level. So it's just, again, whatever allows the body to do what it's supposed to do, which is why sleep is important, staying away from stress, nourishing your body, um, avoiding toxicity, and then making sure your spine nervous system's healthy. Those are the, the things that you, you want to be doing. Boom. Last question. What do I do with that headset now that you've infected it? <laughs> hey, it's just strengthening whoever's going to use it next immune system. They're going to get better market. <laughs> It cool. might be full of garlic. Oh, there we go. A ton of that. Sweet deal. All right. Don't kiss Alex. His breath probably smells terrible. We will catch you next week. Flu shots and immunizations. Thanks for the question, Brian. Yeah. Right on. Later, folks. <laughs>